Welcome to Ignite Purpose with Christina Foxwell. And today I am joined by Ben Perinisi, who is the Operations Manager at Polyfloor Australia. And I'm really excited to have him join me. I've been supporting Polyfloor for probably two and a bit years now around their sales and leadership piece and really building people capability. And Ben is one of those leaders that I have come across in this journey and he's so passionate about people and leadership and connection. And I wanted to interview him. He's also a coach. Ben is uh, interesting. So Ben, welcome to our show. Thank you. I feel privileged to be honest. Um, And wow, what an intro. Well, an intro. it's such a pleasure. Now, Ben, before we get going, why don't you introduce yourself and tell the audience out there just a little bit about who is Ben? Uh, who's Ben? Um, interesting. Uh, born and bred, raised in New Zealand. Yes. Uh, moved to Australia and Melbourne specifically in 2012. Uh, I came over with a company that's um, decided that they wanted to relocate me. So that was an opportunity. Feel very felt very blessed at the time as well. An opportunity that came I couldn't uh, turn down. Uh, worked with them for about three years and then got an opportunity to come and work here at Polyfloor. Uh, and so for the last four years, uh, it's been um, been an interesting ride. Been an interesting ride. Different journey for me, um, but interesting. Very interesting. I love it. Now, Ben, you also a rugby player or were a rugby player, right? A rugby player, then turned coach. Yes. So I've been coaching since 2006. Right. Uh, from kids under 13s, I've done boys, I've done high school, I've done men's, women's. Uh, so uh, massive scope. Yes. And different personalities, and I think um, that's probably why coaching and, and what I do now kind of goes hand in hand because it's just dealing with people. I love that. And I think this is the conversation pieces we found such deep connection around mm, yep. was that coaching and deep love. So yep. I have a question for you because we've yep. got a mixture of people listening today. What does leadership mean to you? I think when I first started becoming a supervisor and a, um, a boss, uh, my early days of working, I, I thought leadership was someone that kind of stood around and just pointed the finger uh, and probably delegated mm. a lot of the workload. Mm. And then I found that when I was doing that, um, people weren't doing it the way I wanted it to be done. And so then I found myself doing a lot of it. Um, <laughs> and then I would get frustrated and annoyed um, at them and I didn't understand at the time that uh, people were different. Mm-hmm. I just thought that when you come to a job and you're doing a job that you're employed to do, that you should know what you're doing. Okay. And so from then, I then changed, I, I think I got more mature, probably a little bit more older, uh, probably annoyed a lot of people and probably um, got a lot of people on the wrong side. Okay. And then I eventually realised that through my coaching, uh, and I think that's where rugby coaching or sports coaching in general helped me a lot mm. because in, in that sort of environment uh, you're wanting the best out of your players yes. and so I found myself uh, being more of a motivator and, and trying to get the best out of my players before I even knew anything about mental toughness or mental strength or um, you know people with problems outside and how to fix them within that um, you know within that that environment, uh, you know, I realised that I was automatically gravitating that way in my own personality. And I think that was because, um, you know, I've been through, I started comparing 
what I was like when I was a player and what I wanted from a coach. Mm. And I know there was probably coaches that liked me and hated me because I probably was a, a good I probably was a good player to some coaches because I resonated on the same level as them. Yes. And I was probably an annoying and probably one of those players that coaches wanted to really kill because I didn't get on that same sort of level. So I used my experience as a player and thought to myself, okay, so I've been in this situation before. What did I want? And then as a coach, I was able to probably connect uh, on, on a level, a different level. And then from there, I think that then... Um, started using some of those things that I was doing as a sports coach into a uh, working environment, to business. Great. And then from a leadership point of view, I've had to adapt and change over the years. Uh, and my focus now, especially with my team, is more about coaching them to be, uh, to coach them to, to obviously try and get to where, uh, around the way I think. Mm. Um, so... Uh, but also me sharing my ideas and my experiences because the reality is is that it's no good being in my head. I've got to share it with them. Absolutely. And if I share it with them, then I know that um, hopefully I'm getting uh, making them into better employees. And they're clearer um, on what you need. 100%. And, and, and me sharing the way that I think, um, it's funny because I say to them, if you ever get to a situation now, and a couple of them have actually said this to me, when they get stuck in a situation, they sit there and the first thing they think is, what would Ben do? Nice. And, you know, I, I sit there going, oh, really? And they go, yeah, what would you do? And if they don't know the answer, and like I say to them, look, make mistakes. Try. You're going to have to. You know, the only way we all learn is that you make a mistake and you fail. And it's not failing, it's just that you've got to learn from it. Um, my pet hate is that when we keep making the same mistake and we haven't learned from it the first time around or the second time or the third time around. And it keeps um, repeating itself. And it keeps repeating itself. I want to go back there, but before I go continue that piece, I want to take you back to something you said just as you were chatting now. You said you had to kind of learn more about you Mm. and sort of grow personally. How hard has that been? Uh, Being honest, we we are our own worst critics. Yes, we are. As human beings, and I believe that, you know, people, um, you know... I, I learned um, through other coaches and through other people that I've met through my uh, my journey um, about self-reflection. Mm. So every time I do a, uh, a coaching session uh, on a Tuesday or Thursday night, my drive home is me reflecting on that session, yeah. me reflecting on myself personally yes. about what have I done, how did I think or how did I rate myself. Um, and a lot of the times, you know, I probably did a good job, but, you know, if I was rating myself out of five, I'd say out of two, and then I'd say, well, here are the reasons why. Um, did I engage with them better? Did they get the message? If I gave them instructions on how to do a drill or do something, um, how long did it take for them to get it, to make it work or flow? Um, if it didn't, what did I, what did I not do right? Um, or, you know, were there other things that I should have done or did I talk too much, did I talk too little? Um, how were the instructions, were they clear? Um, but self-reflection is a, is a huge thing and it's, um, it, it's, it's tough being honest about yourself. Mm. I think, um, you know, we don't like it when people tell us about ourselves. Uh, but I think, funny thing is, is that at, some, at one point, don't know when it was, but I started going to my bosses and asking them about, give me some feedback on what you think about me. And, and only that because, takes courage. Yeah, I think so. But also, I wanted to, I wanted to keep learning. I, wanted, I, I knew that I, surely I can't be this good. 
Yes. Well, surely I can't be this perfect. Surely there's got to be something that I'm not doing right. Or for me, it was uh, my drive in working life was always about that next promotion. Mm. That's what my drive was. I was passionate about what I was doing, but I had that drive that I wanted to sit in that that chair. Mm. Um, But I also knew that I wasn't that good either, but I needed to fill those holes. You needed to learn what you didn't have. Correct. And if you could have that. Yeah. If you could grow that. And I think... I think when you when you learn about yourself and you're comfortable in yourself, um, mm-hmm. I think that it becomes easy uh, because I think that if you're your own harshest critic and you're honest about yourself, you don't mind what other people say about you. I I say to my staff, but if I'm not being good or if I'm not being whatever, then mm-hmm. tell me, yes. give me that feedback because the reality is I don't stand there. I'm not talking to a mirror, so I don't know what my body language is. I don't know how I'm coming across. Um, and you know, there's that saying that perception is reality. Mm. Your perception of me is your reality. I Absolutely. can't change it's your that. Your truth. Absolutely. I can't change that. How you think about me and what, it, and maybe it's something I said. Maybe it's something I did. Maybe it's something I, I didn't know I was doing. But you'll sit there and you, you know, you're going to sit there and say, "Well, this is the judgment I've made based on whatever interaction that you know I've had with that person." So I like that. I like that you said to me. I've got to be open to listen to what others have to say about my growth. You know, what can I do better? I love that you are inviting curiosity in your team um, and you're inviting that from a place of growth. So come and talk to me. Let's be curious around learning what your perspective is and what my perspective is. Often in the work we do, we talk about a common truth. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's not exactly just what I've seen and it's not exactly just what you think. Yeah. It's somewhere in the middle. Yep. It's that common truth, right? Uh, you and I had the most vulnerable, beautiful conversation this morning about your story. We all have a story. We all have a story. We all have a story. If there are two things that formed Ben to be who he is today, what are those, Ben? Made me who I am today. Uh, my humble upbringing. Yeah. Uh, 100%. My humble upbringing and um, my failures. Failures. My humble upbringing because I was brought up uh, poor, and, and not because of uh, choice. No. Um, you know, my parents did everything. My parents came from a country into another country, did not know any English. Yes. So what we went through was, um, you know, their cultural adaptation. Yeah, hundred um, percent. You know, and it's very difficult to try and go into another country where you don't know the language or the culture. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to now trying to adapt and trying to fit in and be accepted. Mm-hmm. And, and I think to myself that, geez, a lot of, you know, if I think I've got courage or whatever, I look mm-hmm. at my parents and think, man, they, they, they had courage, you know, totally. to, to do that, to get out right so out brave. of their comfort zone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for me, you know, moving, I remember my mum said to me, why are you moving to Australia when, when I decided that I wanted to make a move here? Yeah. She said, oh, why do you want to move to Australia for? You, you're leaving me. And, uh, and everything else and my my answer to her was pretty was pretty obvious and I said to her well you did it yes. and she looked at me and she says what and I said well you did it I said but I've got the easier path because you gave me the easier path I know how to speak English you know I know what I'm in for yes. um, I understand the cultural differences between you know um, our culture and, and, and maybe um, you know the, the European culture I get exactly. that so I've got no excuses, Mum. So if anything, I should really be successful. You should be. Because I've got no barriers and nothing holding me back. 
And no fear. Yeah, 100%. But you you made me this person because I've looked at you and dad and thought, well, you know, if they could do it, why can't I? Mm. You know, and I think that fear of us not moving on or going to do something, um, you know, it's, it's, that's our own fear. And I think, you know, my, me, my, me and my failures, and I think you've got to fail to obviously know what you, where you want to be and what you want um, and how to, to do it right the next time around. Yes. And then you've got to class your failures and say to yourself, okay, well, that was pretty bad. <laughs> let's not, let's not do <laughs> that, that one again. That was nice, no. <laughs> let's not do that one again um, and, and move on. And I've had heaps of failures, you know, as a, as a person, um, you know, as a, as a, as a boss, as a, as a coach, as a father, you know, I've, I've had a plenty of failures. Um, and, you know, I think how what we make out of those situations and how we how we then move forward from those is, is key. And I think without my upbringing, I wouldn't have been able to move forward. I don't think I would have had that resilience to, to, to look at it and say, okay, that didn't work out, let's, let's move on. Um, there have been tough days, days where you don't want to roll out of bed, days where you're like, you don't want to see the world. Days where you're like thinking to yourself, you know what, I wish I could just start all over again. Yeah. Um, but they're, they're just moments and they're just little moments, key moments in life. And I think you've you got to take the good and the bad. Yes, you do. You know, and as long as I always say, as long as you've got good, uh, more good moments than bad moments, then I, I think you're doing okay. And I think that's true. We can't walk around being gloriously happy every second of the day. No. That's not normal. Um, it's not human, is it? It's not human. No, it's not. I mean, come on. You eat something, you don't feel well. You know, you go through life, someone says something to you, mm. something goes off for you and you're going to a hurt space. But what I am hearing from you is, so I'm just going to give this back to you. Yeah, yeah. I'm hearing that what's formed you is not your shame, it's your joy. Yep. 100%. Am I right? Yep. 100%. And it's your lens about, and I can also hear that you grew up in a home where you were loved. Yep. 100%. Yeah, and I think that's the key piece to resilience mm. is not being shameful mm. about our failure or who, what's made us, yep. but being joyful about yep. the moments of discomfort and growth. Yep. Yep. 100%, 100%. And I think people say, talk about regrets and they say, you know, do you have regret in life? And I'd, I'd, I've never had regrets in life, mm. um, mainly because I've always looked at it that it was just a moment in life. It was just a time. It was mm. just something that I had to go through. Uh, and if I didn't go through that, then I wouldn't be where I am today. Because yes. I don't know where that path is going to lead me. And I think, you know, there's that saying in business that if we all had a, um, you know, crystal ball, then we'll all be rich. True. Or we all know what's going on. Um, but then how boring is that? You know, we don't know what's around the corner. And I think that's the beauty about life as well is that, you know, it's that journey. And I could sit back and say, you know, about relationships and everything else that I've been through and say, well, I would regret that one, I regret that one. But... They'll, those are the ones that I learned from and said, well, okay, well, I don't want that. Mm. You know, I thought I knew myself, but obviously I don't until I got myself in that situation and realised that, hey, this is uncomfortable. This isn't right. This isn't right. This is a gut feeling that I've got. I should really trust my gut here and say, okay, let's not go back there. But if I get that situation again, then I know that, hey, this is the alarm bells here. Mm. My body telling me that mm, maybe, maybe you should just trust your instincts on this one mm. and then move forward. But um, yeah, definitely. So move forward. I'm going to give you the definition of vulnerability. Yep. This is from Dr. Brene Brown. Okay. And we use that here at Polyfloor in our, in our sales program, yep. which I think helped with that culture growth piece. Yep. It is the willingness to um, try something new, even though I have no control over the outcome. 
the willingness to be seen, to be emotionally exposed, uh, the willingness to fail um, and get up again. I like it. Don't you like that? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Because that is vulnerability, which then allows us to be resilient and flow. Mm. But it is that comfortable being uncomfortable. It's so uncomfortable being Mm. vulnerable, but it's not allowing my defense mechanism to take over and me start pushing people away from me, but me me being willing to move through that piece without shame. Yeah, 100%. Love it. Don't you love that? I love it. If I had to say to you, vulnerability, and you are a coach and you see people and you're a leader, how does vulnerability work for you? I mean, I know you've already given me beautiful examples of vulnerability. I think I think every I think every person's different. I think every situation is different. For me, if I know the person, then I kind of know I know where it's coming from, mm. and and so then I know um, I I will then tap into my own experiences because I think you can only be vulnerable if you've been through it yourself. Yes, you can. And, and depending on the situation that the you know the person's going through, I for me, if I know someone's going through something tough or, or a hard time, then I share with them my experiences because I find that sometimes if if I share with them what I've been through or something very similar, that they're able to um, probably be a bit more at ease with the, themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it also, um, I, I feel that, you know, from from them, they're able, they, they can see that I've been through it myself and they're like, well, okay, well, I'm not weird. I'm not the silly one here. Um, what I'm thinking in my head is actually hey, someone else is thinking that. Mm-hmm. It's like when you're in a room full of um, ten different people, and you know you ask you ask them, okay, who's got a question? Mm-hmm. And no one puts their hand up. Mm-hmm. But you know someone's got a question. Of course they do. And, and I always say to people, listen, the, the silliest question is the one that's never asked. Yeah. And if you're thinking it, there's going to be two or three other people in this room thinking exactly the same thing as you. Absolutely. But it's that fear. It's that fear of putting your hand up. It's that fear of actually asking the question because you're worried what other people want to think about you. Yeah. And so I find that with um, if I get a situation, at, at, whether it be sports or even here at work, where someone's coming in and I can just tell from their body language because they're not the same, mm. they're not being them, um, you know, I'd sit them down and just ask the question, how are you doing? Like, what, what's really going on? And a lot of people, if you ask someone about, how you doing? The first thing they say is, oh, yeah, good, mm-hmm. fine. Well, how was your weekend? Yeah, good, good. Fine, fine. That, that's fine, yeah. yeah. Um, but if I could tell that they've just not been their, their normal self, um, then my question is to them changes to, no, 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 how, how are you really doing? Because I can kind of tell something's not quite right here. Is there something heavy in your mind? Something not going right? Or, or what is it? Um, happy because to, you happy have to a, listen. But you have a genuine interest. Hundred percent, because you know them. Yes. You know, like here at work, um, you know, I, I, you know, it's it's a fine line between being a boss and being, um, I guess, a, a counselor or a mentor or, a, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, but you work with these people five days a week. You see yes. them every day. Yes. Right. You're there with them uh, thirty-seven hours a week. Yes. And you know, it's it's a long year, so you can't help but get to know them. Inside work and outside of work, um, you can't. And, and, and you know, for me, I wouldn't be doing my job. Um, probably not so much. Wouldn't be doing my job as a, as a boss, but probably wouldn't be. I wouldn't be doing the right thing as a human. Good, I like that. If I wouldn't I, be doing the right thing as a human. If I if I knew someone was going through something tough, 
and I wasn't standing next to them. And I didn't ask them the question or I didn't reach out to them and say, hey, something's not right. Mm-hmm. What's going on? Mm-hmm. So I, I take my manager's head off and then I put, I'm me. Nice. And then I will then sit down with them and then go through whatever. And it's up to them if they want to open up to but when I first started here, nobody knew me. Everybody thought that I was this solid, hard-looking boss. Well, you, you do look tough. Because, you know? well, <laughs> <laughs> might be the tattoos. Um, but I was, I was quite black and white. Yes. And, and the only reason why I was black and white is because I wanted people to, to know that this is where I stand and this is where I am and this is, you know, what I do. I'm here to do a job and this is what I've been asked to come into. The vulnerable side of me comes afterwards when I get to know you or you get to know me on a different level and if I feel that I know you on that level then I can more than happy to share and open up to you on that level as well but it's not easy no um, it's a choice right 100% because sometimes you're going into uncharted territory you know as a boss you know as an employer or as a coach because you know, coaching you're dealing with um, depending on the age group that you're dealing with depending on also, I'd say this, the sex that you're dealing with as well. Because males and females are different. Very different. You know, and I could say the same, get the same message or the same sort of um, advice to to, to, to people, but in a different way, depending on who it is, depending if it's male, female, whether they're 13, 15, 21 or 35 years old. But the message will be the same. But I think that comes from years of being around people. And being peaceful in yourself. 100%. I've got no shame in, in, in telling people about my upbringing and where I'm from and um, you know, even, even my dark times and you know, how hard it was for me as well. Because I think we've all got a story to share. We all do. We all do. And sometimes, some of us, it comes at different stages in life. My dark times, I was quite lucky well not lucky but I'll say I was lucky it happened to me when I was a lot younger so for the rest of my life any time anything that came after that to me I compared it to that and said was it as bad as that was not well mate just suck it up in and move on you know because that was me telling myself had that happened to me later on I don't know where 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 my thinking would have been Mm. I don't know where my thoughts would have been because I, I don't think I'd been to me I don't think I would have been, um, I guess, resilient enough at, the, at you know in my mid twenties to handle being in a dark, dark place because my life was different and I was a different person then. But if I, but because I'd gone through it at the teenage years, um, to me when I got to twenty five and all that, and I went through some tough times, um, to me I just keep comparing it to my fifteen year old Ben. And if fifteen year old Ben could make it through, you can. Hundred percent. I said, well, that little boy could do it. What's a 25-year-old grown man? True. What are you crying about? I use this thought process. It's, it's called rising. Mm-hmm. I'm flat on my back. I'm overwhelmed. I don't know if I can take it. Yeah, wow. And I lie there and then I say, and I rise. Mm. Because I remember who I am. It's mm. amazing. Love that. Don't you love that? Yeah, love it. I love that. Yeah. If you could leave any two things with any person out there who is either leading people or going through this growth piece and based on your journey what would two things be that you leave for people as a thought 
been for them to, like I just said, for me, it's that feeling of rise. Mm. What would you say? Don't be scared of yourself. Number one. I like that. Don't be scared of yourself. Why are we so scared about ourselves and the way we think? And who we are. And who we are. Don't be ashamed. You know? I love it. Who we are is who we are. We can't change that. And I think we, 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 we're, so, we're so content on trying to find and be like other people. Acceptance to be accepted. Yep. Yes. To be accepted and trying to compare our lives with someone else's that we're looking at what we've got and then we're just not, we're not grateful or blessed for what we actually really have. I love that. Because you, you are who you are. And like I say, I could turn around and say, well, you know, um, suck to be me being a kid because we were poor and we were, it was tough and all that. But I, I'll be honest, if it wasn't for those tough times and those days uh, and, and growing up and realising and thinking back about the sacrifices my parents had gone through, um, I understand that now. So I've got a bit more of an appreciation for that. But it wouldn't make me who the person I am today if I, if I didn't go through any of that. And I'm also hearing if you didn't embrace that. 100%, you have to. Um, I come from a culture that's that's very, uh, you know, the people look at you and when, you, when you're doing something really good, people will tend to talk behind your back and, you know, try and... Um, and, and it's, look, I'm sure every other, other culture's got the same sort of issues, so I'm sure it's not just ours. It does. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I just would love for people that if, you know, we're doing something good that people in our culture would support us and yes. say, you know, you're doing something awesome, that's great and, and love it. And, yet, you know, you, it, it's, it's tough. But one thing I learned from and the second piece of advice I give people is surround yourself with people with common goals as you. Surround yourself with people that you believe will help you go higher. Yep, that you're at that stage now. Now, I've got a lot of friends, and I'm sure we've got tons of friends. Facebook tells me I've got a lot of friends. <laughs> Half of them or three-quarters of them yeah. I don't even talk to on a daily basis. Okay. However, I'm still close with some of my friends, but some of my friends I associated with three or four years ago, I've kind of, I've kind of moved on from that. Mm. Still my friends, yes. don't get me wrong. However, I've now got a different group of friends because just on a different pathway now. Now, not to say that I'm better than them. I'm not saying that, hey, you know what, uh, I'm, mm. I'm a better person than where they are. It's just that they haven't caught up to where I am yet mm. or we're just at different stages. And yes. I, I look at life as being like a book. One chapter opens, you just got to close the next one. Absolutely. And then you move on to the next one. And, and that's what life's about. And I'm excited where my chapter is now because I can look at it now and say, you know, my life has all been about chapters. Every little thing that I've done from as a kid all the way up until now, there's been plenty of chapters. Um, and each one I look, for, look back at and I say, okay, that's, um, that's cool. That was, a, that was an interesting time. And it sounds to me like you're starting to write your chapter more deliberately. Yeah, you've got to find what's, what you're passionate about, I think. Yeah. That's, that's um, you know, you go through life and you, you're always sitting there trying to please everybody else. But at some point you've got to do something for yourself. And it's, it's easier said than done. How don't I know that? <laughs> yeah. It's easier said than done. And again, you've got to be comfortable in yourself. You've got to be comfortable in your own skin. You've got to try and block out all the noise. You've got to keep focus on what you're doing. And, and not take people's judgment on as the truth. 100%. Mm. 100%. You know, it's, you've got to believe and trust in yourself. And the worst thing is, is that not, it's not about the other people, but it's what's in your head. We can talk ourselves into something, into doing something, but we can also talk ourselves out of doing that thing as well. 
Absolutely. Times where we can wake up in the morning and say, you know what, today I'm going to go and, and do a bungee jump. I'm so excited. I'm going bungee jumping today. And, and you, you're, you're ready. You're ready. You're going for it. The minute you stand there and you're looking down at the, you know, the jump, all of a sudden your brain tells you that, huh, hang on, what are you doing? You've got to be silly. So it's amazing how the brain works. One minute you can be excited and you can be looking forward to something and then you can just, it can just switch off. So this happened to me, Ben. 12 months ago, I decided to write a story called Oscar, who owns his pop. It's a puff of, it's a kid's book yep. for parents to read to their children yep. about emotional intelligence and controlling the, or maybe not controlling, but owning what's happening around them and yep. their thinking and their behaviours. And it's based on my son and his journey. And he has grown like I can't explain to you in the last 12 months. And I wrote this book in December and I'm dyslexic. Ben, and I didn't speak English till I was six and I came from a similar background to you where we didn't just have stuff you know it was hard and I got excited got ready gonna do it got the pictures um, drawn up did the book and then I did the book again and again and again <laughs> and again and I got the tenses wrong and I was struggling and I was picking up mistakes and I think my whole team are a little bit dyslexic like me mm. maybe not but I'm, I'm the worst so we couldn't pick up the mistakes and we sent it to this person and every time I sent it out for feedback I got the feedback and I was a bit more crushed mm-hmm. um, and then I got an editor in the US to do it in June and then I got really ill and I was in, in and out of hospital a little bit and I think my mental thinking was like oh no I'm not even doing this yeah. I'm not putting myself out there and over the last month I was like what the hell that's that and I rise moment where mm-hmm. I was like this is stupid it's mm-hmm. ready it's got a message it's going to make a difference in the world what is holding me back from jumping mm-hmm. and I'm jumped mm-hmm. so it's a, it'll go to print in the next two weeks mm-hmm. I hope so this is the point though isn't it it is the point yeah this is the thing yeah. it's stepping into that thing we fear the greatest because mm-hmm. we're so scared of what people might say or think mm-hmm. because our own voice is telling us man you're not going to do it it's not it's not anybody else's voices because a lot of the times you don't hear what other people are saying no, but, but it's my fear of what yeah, they might say. It's, it's fear of what we might say. And, and that's in our head. So, Ben, you've said to me you're going to kick off a podcast. Yep. So, I'm hoping Ben will connect with me when he has his podcast 100%. ready. That's his bungee jump moment. Yep. Um, ben, I've loved spending time with you on Ignite Purpose with Christina. And uh, is there anything you want to say before we say goodbye to everyone out there? No, no, definitely not. Um, thank you for the opportunity. Uh, I th- you know, I've known you now for a couple of years now, and it's, um, you know, I always appreciate our conversations that you and I have. Um, I think it's just nice to be on a, the same level yes. uh, and have the same sort of, uh, you know, be going through the same sort of journeys as well. Um, and it's it's nice to have an outside person coming in and, you reflecting. know, reflecting, yeah, 100%. Because sometimes, you know, you, you're dealing with people, I deal with people, the same people all day, every day. Yes. And um, sometimes I just feel that, you know, oh, they don't care, or they, you know, they know me, or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's nice to get an outside person's um, perspective on things, um, and to know that uh, what I'm thinking, like I said before, that I'm not weird. No, you're not weird. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not weird. No, you're not. Um, and it's normal. But like normal. I always say to people, it's just you know all the emotions and the feelings that we feel. It's called being human. Great, and I invited you on the show because we're so aligned in our thinking, yeah. and we've got such a similar yet diverse. Um, story. 100%. Uh, so thank you. Thank you for spending you. time. We'll push this out to the world and whoever hears it, we hope that you've got those messages today that are going to inspire you to make a difference in your world. Awesome. Thank you. All right. This is Christina. If you want to contact us, please contact us on ignitepurpose.com.au 
or uh, on LinkedIn, Christina Foxwell, or on Facebook, Ignite Purpose, or on Instagram, Tina Foxwell. This was nice to, it was great to spend time with you and we'll chat soon. Bye.